Hello, and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that wants to see more unions everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Today we have Zoe, Callan, and Laura. We're going to be talking about labor politics in the world of art and culture, but before we get into that, we have a super special podcast cross-pollination for you. Oh, yes. We have two amazing guests joining us, OK Fox and Lucia Love, who are the hosts of, of one of my other favorite left podcasts, the Art and Labor Podcast. Yay! Yay. Welcome. 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 Oh, such a crazy dream. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, we've literally, we've been listening to Season of the Bitch since fr- from the beginning. Like. Oh, my gosh. Wait, yeah, I have to tell you, um, <laughs> I wrote you all um, an iTunes review, like, <laughs> when you started. Oh, my God. Oh, it's my God. under titanium wig. Yeah, God. that's Lucia's uh, Twitter handle, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I am blushing right now. <laughs> so oh, funny. no, I'm, I'm, I have the jitters. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Oh. Sorry to hijack, but shouts out to the um, socialist feminist um, capital volume one reading group. Hell yeah. (laughs) Because that was how I found out about your show. Um, Everyone was listening to it. And if any of those ladies are still listening, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) You changed my life. (laughs) Wow. Fucking rad as shit. (laughs) I love the fact that a socialist feminist reading group did Capital Volume 1. When we did Capital Volume 1 as a reading group, it was not with a socialist feminist lens and therefore ended up being kind of a shit show. But seriously, I can't. No, it ended up being so cool when we all like sat at this boardroom table in the offices of the nation. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like it was like so, um, it it was so, it was so Apollonian. It was so like, (laughs) it was wonderful. We all became empowered. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is amazing. Y'all are amazing. Thank you for being here. <laughs> you got um, it. Yeah. Before we get more into some of the art and labor politics, do you guys both want to give a little intro? Um. So uh, yeah, I'm okay, Fox. Um. Yeah. I, I I wanted to start the art and labor podcast because I just didn't think there was a sufficient um Marxist or leftist critique of um the art world. Uh, in podcast form out there, um, and uh, I met Lucia through the socialist feminist reading group. Um, it was is it was great, and we would just talk at the bar after class um, about our art jobs and how horrendous they were. But we were also <laughs> friends before we we met through like a performance art open mic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lucia, you go. Oh yeah, and then uh, I love uh, this. This memory like just came back to me of when we were talking about maybe doing a podcast, and and Okay had um their like trepidations, 
And so then I started sort of um, trolling and I was like, oh, what if we do like a men's rights podcast? (laughs) That would be so cool if we just were like really, really doubling down. And then we found out about Red Scare and we were like, never mind. (laughs) That already exists. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Ooh, shade. (laughs) Sorry. I love everything. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for introducing yourselves. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We, we've been kicking around the comedy scene for a while, so I guess uh, maybe we can get a little punchy sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're no sorry. No sorry. We're a bit. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, no sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, it's a tick. <laughs> okay. Y'all want to dive into this now? Yeah, let's let's dive right in. Um, so we're thinking of starting off with the major art world news this week, which is the new New Museum Union. Yes. Yes. Hell um, yes. All I really know so far is that they announced it. It was a really nice letter. They cited the origins of the new museum as a space that wanted to be like free of hierarchy. It was obviously well thought out into <laughs> it. Then within like literal seconds, the new museum was already like consulting with a union busting firm. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much all that I know about that. Yeah. Yes. And they're being so bizarre. They're like this anonymous group of employees. And, and like I saw the, the, new, the New Museum Union Twitter was like, if you don't know your employee's name, that's on you. Here's a photo of like right. 30 yeah. of us, you know. Right. <laughs> so um, my dear friend Kristen, who's actually been uh, she's been a, a guest on this uh, podcast as well as if anyone was at our New York City live show she like was the person at the door but she works for the new museum and is is with working with these efforts um, to unionize and oh great so she gave me like some, I asked her like what would you what do you all want us to share essentially um, and so we know that Lisa Phillips, who is the director of the museum, makes uh, $600,000 a year when visitor services makes fifteen fifty an hour with no benefits. Um, and I just wanted to share a little more details about what Zoe was talking about related to the press release thing because they gave us permission to share. And I think some of it is like kind of really I think it was so well done as as Zoe alluded to that like it's. I don't know. I just really like how it's written and everything like that. Um, But they talk about how they're joining like the fellow culture workers at at the Museum of Modern Art and the Bronx Bronx Museum of Arts and the New York Historical Society um, and like are coming from a place of taking pride in the museum's history and go into saying um, and I'm going to quote here directly. when Marcia Tucker founded the new museum in, or it's probably Marcia. Yes, it's Marcia. Yeah, Marcia Tucker. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, Let's just yeah. redo that it's one. Our planet of a uh, pronunciation. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when Marcia Tucker founded the new museum in 1977, she envisioned an institution that did away with hierarchies, not only in the art exhibited, but in the structure of the museum itself. Her aim, as she wrote in 1990, was to work toward a collaborative, self-critical, and transparent organizational model. As a museum and community, we are distinguished by our dedication to diversity and progress. The museum's mission centers intersectional feminist concerns and cross-cultural dialogue, and our exhibitions, programs, and initiatives aim to model inclusivity and access. 
As the new museum union, we ask above all that these ideals be mirrored in the museum's working conditions, hiring practices, wages, and benefits. We believe that fair compensation and transparency for all workers throughout the museum is essential to ensuring its diversity, reducing turnover, and strengthening the new museum community. Salaries, wages, and benefits at the museum must be sustainable for everyone, regardless of privileges afforded to them by race, class, or gender. Kicks so, ass. Yeah. And, and just to the, like, union busting, they, yeah, it was within seconds, and... Um, there's like a lot of stuff that's been written about this particular hiring company about how egregious their dismantling of labor laws are essentially. So it's it's like clearly a very pointed choice by the new museum. Yeah, it seems like they um, they're definitely like running along the lines of, uh, you know, common business practice to say that like. Um, like retaliation against unions it's like it's like it has to happen from management and from um, like directors of of companies and everything like it's um, I don't know what it it's like if you don't have a union busting video then like what kind of organization are you like (laughs) right like I, I like I wonder if they got Ryan Tricartan to do it <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's a dumbass art joke but um, <laughs> for all you the... art folks out there <laughs> um yeah this the situation with the union busting firm it's it's just so gross and like you mentioned Marsha Tucker you know she wanted to uh the you know, the thing about her wanting to dismantle hierarchies and like everybody, it was like sort of like workers' wages, like for all the Lenin heads out there. Like everybody, mm-hmm. like her vision was like everybody was making the same amount of money. Yeah. And I wanted to say that like, um, so there was an effort here in New York City um, a couple years ago when Cooper Union became um, like uh, for profit, for profit, or like yeah. or or, oh, or right. tuition. They started charging tuition. So there was an effort called uh, Free Cooper Union, and how they ended up winning was using their um, founding charter right. to be like it's in our, it's in the founding of our institution that um, tuition it will, will never charge tuition, and oh, then yeah. that that mm-hmm. ended up being what won their legal battle. And it's so cool the way that the new museum was founded because, um, like, you know, Marsha Tucker uh, was a curator at the Whitney Museum mm-hmm. and um, was, like, very well aware of uh, her position uh, within the larger structure and that she was receiving a lot of flack. She was not getting paid as much as other people on the staff, and yet she was given a lot of responsibility that just didn't correspond to the way that her, like, day-to-day life was going. And um, and she ultimately ended up curating a lot of really experimental shows for the time. Like, she put on this Richard Tuttle show that... Um, really blew people's minds in the 70s in like 77 I think or maybe you know late 70s um she invited this artist uh Richard Tuttle uh who was really into like screwing with people's ideas of what um like a a fancy thing could be so he just tacked a piece of string to the wall in the Whitney Museum and people went nuts because they were like what are we paying for what is art I, I can't understand this. And, and people just started having a big debate about it. So instead of being um, supported in that decision to spark so much of a 
of like a philosophical debate, Marsha was fired mm-hmm. and she almost like, yeah, she was straight up fired. And then she almost immediately decided to like, she didn't have any downtime. She was like, I'm starting my own museum. Screw you guys. Whoa. And that's how we have the new museum now. That's cool. That's such important like context for this yes. whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here for. (laughs) (laughs) We started this podcast because we didn't think that this um, this stuff was uh, because, you know, I know so many people who've, you know, uh, really try to stay up to date with like the uh, current like contemporary leftist magazines and podcasts. But we just felt like that this perspective was missing um, and almost just like not thought about as. Of a viable thing to organize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all oh, those those uh, those kids, those art students living on dreams. <laughs> what does it even mean? Mm. <laughs> Get a job, you hippies. <laughs> Amazing. I think that's like that's a good segue to to talking. I mean, I know you guys cover this extensively in your podcast, but if there are any of our listeners who, for whatever reason of bad taste, don't, <laughs> <laughs> um, we are extremely scrappy you- and like we're not like big, uh, like you know, Twitter personalities or whatever. So it's like we're still growing an audience. Like people yeah. don't know us, so we really appreciate being on this show. But oh my god, well, it's, uh, it's the thing that's wild to me is like I'm just like, how are we the one that is big? Because we're, I feel like we're not. I don't know. Like that is really. Funny. We needed a show like that, and you guys yeah. started the show right when we needed it. Yeah, Back at you though. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So, can you all talk about some of the like the difficulties that come with organizing workers in the art world? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we both failed. So me, me and Lucia <laughs> both failed. Oh, dude, dudes, I can't even organize a sock drawer. <laughs> yeah, Mar- Maria Kondo, get. Get at us. Never get at me. I will give you nothing. I will give you none of my things. Listen, I I'm too poor for anything to bring me real joy. So, like, I would just get rid of anything in my whole house. No, I'm too sentimental. I like pick up. I don't know, like the agenda from the last socialist feminist group, and I'm like, I might want this someday to know what we talked about in January of 20. 20- <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's what I'm using as a coaster right now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you cut out like a little bit, but yeah. I think I got the sense of Oh, what you okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm having some sound problems. No, it's like the internet probably. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I worked I worked for Art Form magazine for four years. Um and I uh for, for three years I would I was just packing their issues like packing, like literally just packing their magazine um, oh, wow. um, and full time as a front desk person. Um, and a little like after that, um, this huge scandal came out. It's This is all public knowledge. Like anyone can look, look this up. It's in the New York Times. It was in every, it was all over the place. It, um, the like head, like the main, like the, the main publisher of the magazine was added as like a sexual abuser. And then the other publishers stood by him and wrote this letter um standing by him and signed it as the magazine and oh that made everybody very upset and then the editor in chief resigned and it was just this like free fall sort of drama yeah mm-hmm. um and um a lot of us were really outspoken during that time and then we're like you know quietly asked to quit basically <laughs> basically fired um Whoa. 
And it was like, and a lot of us were really interested in organizing something. I mean, we, we managed to put together like a, an employee letter admonishing the publishers, which I think was a pretty big deal. But we still like the thing about being in such a free fall when like the magazine, the, it's it's so crazy that like a physical magazine ex- was you know exists like like and and is a viable business. I mean it's not really, but it's so they just kept hemorrhaging employees and like people were doing um like multiple jobs at once. So it was mm-hmm. like you know all of us were like oh we should reach out to the twenty one ten oh we should reach out to WGA and we tried, but it's just like none of us could really like um meet regularly because we were just so exhausted and they were the pay was shit and like we're doing multiple jobs at once and like and just and like we we were we wanted to but like really physically couldn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just most of us just burned out and left or like quit or were basically fired or whatever oh my god jeez yeah (laughs) wild (laughs) Yes, and and Lucia came from similar things, trying to organize like painters. And... Well, I yeah, I mean, it, I had a pretty different experience coming to this whole thing because, um, like I wasn't uh directly like coordinating, like union efforts, uh, in a in a well, I don't know, I guess I never like considered myself as a part of anything. Even though I'm, like, showing up to meetings and stuff, I've had, like, a really slow trajectory of realizing, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm showing up in the room and I'm talking to these people who are, like, in a union and then I'm talking to other people about how to make it. Oh, wait, oh, maybe I actually want to be doing this and I am doing (laughs) it. But I wasn't, like, at the time, it's like I'm not doing I don't know if that makes sense. Like it yeah. uh, for me, I, I, it's like really I'm like, oh, wait, my consciousness is like catching up to my actions. Mm. Um, but I've had a different experience as a painter. Um, a lot of the times like when I was when I've had work um, experience, um, you know, I've tried to always like form coalitions of uh, groups of artists and like show together and um, try to like build something that uh is like you know like uh what a group show is in art is like we all have a similar sensibility we all have something that we sort of want to say together and um that doesn't really cover uh anybody else's backs you know that's like a very um uh mercenary mercenary <laughs> it's like it's like a lot of mercenaries out there well, that it, are just, individualized. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, inten- very... it's intentionally individualized. Like we're we're all like gig. Like it's it's like we're gig economy before Uber. Before yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's like completely atomized, and it's um it's like a desire economy that I relate uh some in darker moments. I'm like oh, it's kind of like. Well, not I don't know. It's like sex work. You know, it's like, oh, I have to run myself as my business and people have to like want what I'm making or what I'm doing or what I'm saying. And if they don't like you don't get anything if they're like, no, that's not what I, you know, I, I don't know. You, I mean, you say that as a former sex worker also. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've, well, it's yeah, it's crazy because I've just done as many things to make money as there are, are uh, things to do for 10 <laughs> seconds each just so that yeah. I can. Pretty yeah, pretty much same. I'm a, a photographer, but I also just kind of do anything that anyone will pay me for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. But then um, I had this experience of working at the Jeff Koons studio, and um, 
immediately, you know, it's like I worked there for a while and the culture there was uh, really masculine, really intense. I was on a night shift, um, like the studios open like 24 hours a day. I would be there at, sometimes at like four in the morning, a bunch of drunk people running around. It's just like bananas. And, um, you know, I left and then my friends started uh, organizing with the Scenic Painters Union. Mm -hmm. And then I started going to those meetings and um, I was like trying to figure out also what was going on in the Scenic Painters Union because I would talk to women who were uh, in and they were getting jobs and stuff. But I was like, how do you feel? What's going on for you? And they were just like, ah, this sucks too. Because like, you know, we're working on set with these dudes and all of these like people, they're, they're kind of um, very aggressive. Uh, you know, anything you could imagine, like it's going on. And I just said like, I don't even want to be a part of the union. Like, I don't want this. I, mm. I if it's, it's a the misogynist same. union, so why would you want to? Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think people have various experiences when they're able to um, start like getting to know the culture, and then they can actually like put boundaries up. But yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I Wait, just yeah. Were you one of the people like making his work? Is that? It's called a fabricator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a fascination with hatred for Jeff Koons, and I'm very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like people just can't stop staring into the into the sun. He's a he's a supernova. Yeah, one time Lucia was telling a story, and then she was like, and then and then my boss got into his helicopter, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I, and I was like. Yo, people just hearing that like think you're like being fantastical or whatever, <laughs> or like like, but you're being so literal, and yeah. people just don't know. Wow. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> dude. He, yeah, I was cutting some, um, I was cutting some cards for him to give a speech somewhere, and he was like all dressed up in a suit and everything, and then I like hand these cards over, and he, I don't know, he's like, wow, you 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 work fast, and I was like that. Yeah, but if you yeah, if, cut that if, paper. <laughs> if you got a sick, if you have a sick fascination with him, I, I definitely recommend our episode where we interview people. Um, uh, we interview the the MoMA local twenty one ten who mm. were picketing outside of the um, the MoMA's annual gala, mm. um, and uh, Jeff Koons comes through and we uh, we yell at him. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You could hear him on mic and everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we go to this like little red carpet. We're like, oh, look at this. We're like handing out uh, little union flyers to all the celebrities going into MoMA. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. We we were like we were like, how do we get the how do we get the celebrities to take the flyers? We were like, oh, here's here's the menu for tonight. Yeah. Like, here's the menu. <laughs> we were such assholes. It was so funny. Yeah. Oh, feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> but yeah it is it is really difficult because um normally like my work experience doesn't involve um more than a few people and I I tend to like directly uh you know as I am working with one or two other people making a project and we're doing it for someone who comes in and is like oh okay great I'll like take it to my house now and um yeah, there's not a lot of ways you can regulate that when everyone is is used to, you know, freelance work or working under the table or, you know, 
everything non-regulated, basically feudal. Yeah, we're basically trying to figure out that question, uh, what would a unionized art world look like? And um, we were able to travel to Chicago to do an event, um, like a little round table to like just talk to people like, what do you think? What do you think? Like, how do you think we could unionize the arts? Um, and we we uh, were studying like um, the Eng like artist union England. What are they called again? Oh yeah, the, um, yeah. It's just artist union England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the, Ger the German one. Mm -hmm, KSK. Um, KSK. And uh, we were just like presenting to people. Well, here's how they do it in the UK. Here's how they do it in Germany. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but one of the ways that's really interesting about the way that uh, uh, cultural endeavors are supported in Europe is that they have a governmental structure that affords more of uh, leeway, like a lot of uh, tax funds are allocated to cultural workers, and they set up a tiered system that allows the um, lower paid and um, like lower income individuals to receive more benefits in like health and subsidized housing, um, different workplaces, like, you know, spaces where um, you, you need a studio with like proper ventilation or something to ensure that the toxic chemicals that you might be using to produce your work uh, doesn't kill you. So that's why your artist friend moved to Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have that here, you know, we don't have any, uh, we don't have really any structure. We have a national endowment for the arts. It's got an extremely fraught history yeah. that we get into on the podcast a little bit. Um, just all, you know, all sorts of bullshit. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of philanthropists, which, which ends yeah. up just feeding back into the mm -hmm. system of patronage that we've been experiencing since uh, time in memoriam. You know, we're, we're based, it's not the Catholic church anymore. Uh, it's like a Bill Gates foundation or Andy Warhol foundation. Yeah. 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 I actually, Definitely. um, so I was really curious about that and I know like the, um, the, folks uh starting the union at the new museum um you know are have this in their minds as well with their unionization but thinking about where the money fueling a lot of these museums comes from um mm -hmm. recently the staff at the whitney signed a letter um and there was a protest because one of the main donors also owns the company that supplied this the tear gas used at the border yeah, so that's the group. They're called Decolonize This Place, and um, they've been doing a lot of like institutional critique for um, for a couple of years now. Um, and they they do big demonstrations, like similar to like in the UK. There's one called Liberate Tate. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a whole history of um, like art as protests, or if you want to call it that, like. Our first couple episodes, we mm -hmm. talk about the Art Workers Coalition who had an arm called GAG, Guerrilla Art Action Group, who would do similar, like, um, during the Vietnam War, um, the uh, there were, you know, um, Rockefeller and, like, mm -hmm. other board members on the MoMA were, um, were war profiteers, and they would call that out with demonstrations. So this is, like, there's a very clear line of art history that um, the Decolonizes Place protest is following. Yeah. Um, and is there is there like actions or like ways towards moving away from these models like in any like have what have the alternatives kind of been, I guess? 
the the alternatives to like pay like to going to the Whitney. <laughs> well, we well, said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also no, I mean like, do we have a different model that we could use outside of these like donor models? Like, how can we get the mm-hmm. fuck away from this shit? So back to um, 1968, um, there was a, this is like a question that a lot of um, lefty artists have been thinking about for a really long time that's never really been reconciled. Um, there was a, the Art Workers Coalition did an, uh, an event called Open Hearing where um, artists would, there was like, it was at SBA and it was like six hours long or five hours long. And just like artists would come up and be like, this is what I think a museum should be. This is what I think a museum should be. Mm. Um, so I think a museum should be really structured, you know, like we were talking about before, like Marsha Tucker with the new museum, like she tried to do a different model, but then it just like slowly got stripped away of any sort of like, um, you know, uh, different ideology. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're, we live under capitalism and capitalism has a way of just like slowly stripping away anything that's like it, like, <laughs> that's like trying to, to do something counter to it. Right. Uh, mm. So it's, it's difficult, but we, we did an episode where we, um, we did a guided tour of the Warhol show that's currently up at the Whitney. <laughs> right. Um, and we say in that show that do not pay to go to the Whitney, like, you know, you know, borrow a friend's uh pass like like student pass or press pass make up one dm us we'll make you one like (laughs) like don't just do not do not like amazing (laughs) they have a free they have a free friday like don't don't do it yeah Yeah. and honestly though you know it is it is complicated because they have a they have a beautiful place with things that people want to experience and far be it from me to uh tell people that they shouldn't want to get in touch with the lineage of american art yeah uh you know with all of its faults um it's also a i don't think a boycott will really work i don't think a boycott yeah i mean it's it feels good it feels it feels fun to keep my money (laughs) i love doing it i love my money yeah i love i'm not giving it money's not real but i love holding on to it yes hold on to it and still see the beautiful things (laughs) yeah uh but then in terms of of experiencing other um areas of culture and other you know i i think that it there there have been uh there's always new waves of collectives that are attempting to make shows like i think of the spring break art show uh that has developed into a very large structure that uh takes over for for you guys uh, if you don't for people who don't know, Spring Break was a small I was just going to describe sorry, it. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> no, that was my bad. It's fine. <laughs> so, th- yeah, they've, um, you know, they've become a very large uh, scale endeavor where you can go into a public space and experience many installations that emerging artists have put together. Uh, and so each artist gets a room and uh, they can do whatever they want. You have to, uh, you know, give your proposals in. And it's still pretty direct. You don't have to go through a mediator of a gallery or anything. But um, 
I was I was in some of the first ones uh, when they were still very small, and uh, my experience was uh, in like from start to finish remodeling a room before hanging art and sometimes the rooms were very damaged and we had to uh you know learn some carpentry skills or learn how to you know you you just learn how to put stuff together you learn how to get rid of asbestos tiles for the city it was in in a a defunct schoolhouse at first and then it moved to um the post office on 34th street which is gigantic and um totally underused like yeah they use maybe 20 percent of that building and there's offices all above the lobby and that's where all of the art was and then they they had a but it's um, like condemned like it's it's toxic oh yeah it was terrible i cleared yeah. literal asbestos tiles out of the post office on 34th street just <laughs> yeah. so that i could like show people a painting but like they still <laughs> i mean they still use it as a post office but like 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 no joke it's like they use maybe 10 to 20% of that building it's a yeah. huge structure they hardly use it but that's one of the cool uh things that have happened in the art community where we have gotten together and you know, brought a little bit of awareness to the ways that we use space in new york which is still just like atrociously mm. uh it's unbalanced yeah <laughs> and then the problem yeah the problem then becomes like art Art is is art is used as this weird um like uh like not uh, like a a pri- like it pries its its way into real estate uh, it it opens like the floodgates to like real estate speculators and then mm. they turn it into luxury developments it, it's like artists are like oh check out this space where it's totally it's underused like we could use it as a you know a space for the community we could do all this with it but then it just becomes like it just people become aware of the space and they just, it just becomes a tool for developers to then be yeah. like, look, this was a cool art space and now you, you can live here. <laughs> yeah. So there is issues um, that we come up against once art adds value to mm. a scenario, be it a cause or be it a location. Um, it tends to always, uh, transform into a tool of capital at a certain point just to continue on i guess yeah Yeah, i mean you you see this with like the with ps1 moma um and of across the street there was a like kind of art collective building for graffiti called five points and then and then it was like demolished and now it's luxury right. housing called the gallery mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> it's I, like I, very it's clear okay. no sorry i'm just saying it's just like a very clear image <laughs> i think that that actually kind of segues into something else i wanted to to talk to you guys about um so it's this is very utopian but uh anyway i was i was wondering if you could like you could snap your fingers free us from this capitalist prison that we inhabit good for what? you for snapping for for just doing right. the work getting rid of it yeah wait <laughs> we're done <laughs> i didn't know to do this the whole time all right bye guys see ya <laughs> like what would what would making art what would art the art world look like if like if we dismantle capitalism what is the sort of utopian vision of art for you guys well uh there, there was something that I always appreciated about art 
And it it's the reason why I stay in the community and I try to, um, you know, just stay conscious of the, the thing that attracted me as a child was that... Um, there's there's something about like getting these reproductions of art and I I had all I had a book of uh, I'm gonna just for everyone who has good taste sorry I love Dolly um, and I had this book of Dolly and I was a kid and I didn't know anything and I was like oh you know well now I'm like oh, God, you didn't know he was a fascist yeah I didn't know he was a fascist you guys no. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but understand. it uh. Yeah, it was like, wow, everything is everything is a dream and everything is so sharp and everything is amazing. And I have like this little this little image that I'm learning how to draw from. And it's it's obsessing me because of all of these uh, connections that I'm able to make with it. And that then one day I got to go to a museum and I got to see it. Mm. And it was and it was huge and incredible. And I was uh, I was just in awe. And I knew that I wanted to keep having those kinds of experiences. And then um, like coming to uh, get comfortable in the gallery scene. It, it's amazing. It's actually amazing that you can walk in and out of these places for free. Like people think that it's very it's very um uh, like you can't uh, access it or something but you literally can walk into all of these places for free and have a cultural experience and just I think you would just remove the fact that it needs to be bought you know mm. like we already have so much for free just just like support it and let people show up and feel comfortable there yes. yeah I, I liked um I think it was like Lucy Lepard's uh, take um, during the open hearing in the 60s um, where it was either her. I can't remember who it was, but they they were saying that um, uh, every library should have a museum. Yeah. <laughs> like every every library should have, um, you know. Well, and every art. gallery has a library. Yes. Too. And that's that's another thing you get into like, oh, wait, all of these people like put time into disseminating information about all of their artists and you can go to these shelves of books that you know most people have on display and yeah you can ask to look at the flat files in a lot of places and mm -hmm. just like go through and look at them and like and then it's just it's just the problem is like if you if you look like a scuzzy little punk they're gonna be like no <laughs> it's like, like they, whatever i'm a I, i'm a <laughs> startup entrepreneur and you, you come you come back in a nice little suit and they're like oh right this way sir specifically right this way sir <laughs> um so it's just like everything should be a library yeah <laughs> absolutely um and this is kind of like shifting gears a little bit but it is related in like how we access this stuff and like who should have access to things and what I um I guess I'm curious if y'all know anything or can speak to the work being done to decolonize these institutions um you know especially thinking about the natural history museum and how many of its items were stolen from indigenous people across the the world um and I just didn't know if if that sort yeah. of so so decolonize this place they do um an anti-columbus day tour every year mm. 
Um, mm-hmm. They've done it for, I think, three years now. And there's always, like, a shitload of cops that come out. And, like, and it's just, like, this whole insane spectacle. And um, it's really cool, like, because I remember one of the years, I, I, I maybe they do this every year, but they print out, um, uh, like, maps of, like, like a decolonial history tour of the <laughs> of the museum. So you follow their map and you get their perspective from indigenous voices mm. about the different things in the museum. Oh, and, that sounds cool. Uh, yeah, it's excellent. I think it's probably on their website for free. What's um, it called? Uh, Decolonize this place. Okay. Um, and and they. Um, I remember they success or, or, or it wasn't maybe it wasn't them, but it was like some indigenous groups like successfully got the uh, Museum of Natural History to give back um, some sacred artifacts of theirs. And during one of the anti-Columbus Day tours, that same tribe did a uh, like ceremonial like drum circle in the empty case that the Museum of Natural History just left there. Hmm. Like, as, like, it's just, it's just a very, it was, like, it's very, like, touching, symbolic, like, like, feeling. Like, like just, like, this empty case and this, like, like, sage burning and drum circle. Like, it's, uh, art, you know, has that violent conquest history. Like, yeah. uh, just, like, stealing people's things and putting it on display and it's yeah. it is like a, a horrendous problem um another thing i i want more people to know about is that um brazil's largest museum uh burned in a fire yeah um a little before bolsonaro was elected and bolsonaro just um uh, defunded the culture program. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> just do like culture, no money. Bye. But it's oh, it like these like public programs. Like this is like it's it's an education issue because like this was like the museum where like every public school went as a trip. It was like their met. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um, our if our met was burned up. That's what happened in Brazil. You know. Yeah. Wow. It's wild. Wow. Just can't imagine. So yeah, I would recommend people people check check them out. Um, they've been active for years now, um, but yeah, at the same time, there's like there's a lot of like also I would recommend people join their local tenants union and uh, <laughs> that's that sort of that's thing. your that's your your pet project. I, I, outside it, of it the really arts. is, but it's <laughs> like that's like because because uh, I don't know because artists have you know, we're being used as, as real estate tools and we need to fight back about this. Like they're, you know, like if we're, if we're opening of a new gallery in a a neighborhood that's never had a gallery, that's, um, that's a problem. I like, that's like, Mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a type of colonization sometimes like depending well, yeah sometimes yeah. It, I don't know it's hard because there that's where you get into the sticky situation of just like what wait <sighs> so don't do it I don't wait no no art for those people because like it might turn into gentrification like that's it's just complicated no I mean well it's like have a um have a real vision of, and mission of what you're gonna do don't just be like, 
art for art's sake. It's like, you know, because mm. that I think is that is the problem. I think it's like this needs to be a collaborative thing with my neighbors. This needs to be something that's talked about. So we're not just like another colossal murals or whatever. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It should be like the way that we zone anything. Like if you were going to uh, be a small business and you open up a bar, you can't do it right next to a school. Like we have different <laughs> regulations for most of the uh, city planning that we experience. And yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like yeah. You would factor having an artistic endeavor into that which maybe then is what's happening and they're like hey let's make it easier for artists to fix everything it is that's what the neoliberals want i mean without getting too conspiratorial (laughs) that's like like barely putting on a tin hat it's like a partial tin antenna or something yeah it's like a little tin beret yes (laughs) my favorite princess On on our so we recorded an our most recent episode was with um people trying to unionize Whole Foods called they're called Whole Worker Mm. and I had a prosthetic moment where I was like, oh De Blasio announced he wants to give Medicare for all like uh, medic like Medicaid for all in in New York and I'm like he's gonna say that uh the new Amazon HQ is gonna fund that uh program and and I was totally right I was a thousand percent. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. If shit. only capitalism was less predictable. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but yeah, I was following that, and your like realization on Twitter, you were like, "I called this," and then I went back and checked. <laughs> wow, so I, I don't know if that's like a like was that skepticism on your part? No, it was It was that I wanted to. He- no. I had listened to that episode yet, and I was like, I guess now's a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Great so it wasn't that I felt like I had to check. I believed you. And then I wanted to hear from myself. <laughs> okay, cool. I was just like, whoa, Zoe. <laughs> I just, I don't yeah, know. I was fact checking Twitter. I love having those moments because there's been so much of my life I've just doubted my ability to like know anything. Totally. Because like, part, literally part everything's of, like, telling you to doubt yourself every step of the way yeah and your show like really gets into that um a lot and I've always really like that aspect of your show especially like people who are either assumed to be women or women are just like doubted all the time and like yeah I always like your like episodes that dip into mental health and stuff like that too those are my favorites too (laughs) 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 yes but (laughs) okay sorry I totally hijacked what you were saying you were talking about how it feels good to like not doubt yourself based on like getting these things right no you weren't hijacking at all I feel like I was I was done with that was basically all I I had to say like it's um yeah I feel like honestly I feel like me and Lucia are like really gung-ho like I like talking a lot because <laughs> okay. we're just really exciting and drinking coffee and... oh, <laughs> oh yeah. no, I, I, just got, I just got distracted i don't know no we <laughs> well, I, are I, like here yeah. for you to talk the whole time that's the best that's the best <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the major unions slash actions and organizing efforts happening in the art world i know there's a lot and on your podcast you talk about a lot but what are some of the main ones that you like continue to follow well, there's one uh, actually that we are keeping up with the uh, union at PS1 
Um, they're having a little bit of difficulty right now because the art handlers there are um, trying to bargain just to receive like equal pay um, to their uh their counterparts yeah their counterparts at um the moma at 53rd street and they're they're both a part of different unions but also the company structure at ps1 seems to be a little um like manipulative in the ways that they're hiring um like outside uh production companies to do jobs that their in-house teams should be able to do but their in-house teams are now unionized and one of the weird things that's also happening is they're not allowing um, the art handlers there to talk to like visitor services because, for fear that maybe this would also equate to some kind of union organizing activity. Uh, so there's there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of like control and being placed on the staff there and this is all in the midst of them building moma 3 by the way yeah it's yeah so you know they're, they're also um moma has uh glenn lowry as their head who is currently the highest paid cultural worker i think in the world unless someone in dubai has more money <laughs> because they idea? do have like the guggenheim dubai mm -hmm. uh which i you know I, some still a little mystery in terms of um the gossip that i've been able to pull out of it mm -hmm. but um yeah, and that one's a big one that's going on. I think they're going to come and talk to Art and Labor, uh, and we're going to also talk to the people at uh, New Museum. So yes. stay tuned, everybody. Yes. So, yeah, we have a, we have a friend named uh, Dana. I want to shout out Dana because she's been an OG Art and Labor listener. What? what? Yeah. Dana. Oh. Uh, what? Sorry? I just said Dana. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dana. Hell, yeah. Dana rules. And, um... Uh... Yeah, and she and she had listened to our our MoMA twenty one ten episode, and um and yeah, and and uh so she was like, yeah, maybe we'll re new museum will reach out to twenty one ten because we've been trying to unionize, and yeah, we're just and not then, sure how to uh, go about it. Shouts out to Athena, Athena for hooking it up. Athena, yes. yeah, yes. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm glad we got our shout outs. I I totally forgot to do that before. No, it's cool. <laughs> we're we're shouting out. <laughs> Got just, it. I just wanted to join in in y'all's joy about this. So <laughs> I don't know these people at all, but I am psyched about it. <laughs> oh, it rules. And then my my friend, uh, if we're still doing shout outs, my friend Caroline, who's an, Caroline. Uh, an, yes, who's an art art handler, who's an art handler at New Museum is really psyched about it. And she wasn't like she's like. It was like it's all kind of like news to her because like the art handlers are sort of separate from a lot of like the other stuff going totally. on. And she's just like, yeah. it's rule. They keep everybody separate. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Lara, I want this announcer voice to become a regular thing for us. <laughs> and we're going to talk about dismantling the patriarchy. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anytime. I'll just keep uh, recording episodes on mornings after I've had literally zero sleep. <laughs> yeah, Woo! keep it loosey-goosey. Yes. Keep it real weird, as weird as humanly <laughs> possible. 
That's good you have us on this episode. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you are so completely right. Like, as I didn't know what to expect because I'm actually a walking zombie right now. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Like, they're just fucking crushing it, doing their thing. Like, I'm along for the ride. This is exactly the perfect thing. <laughs> Hooray. We're just so amped. We have just, like so much to say. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, well, yeah. before we totally wrap up, is there anything else that y'all would like to share um, with our listeners uh, before we say goodbye to you? Yeah. And I guess also where to find your podcast in case there are people that don't know yet. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. We're at artlaborpodcast.com. Um, we host the show ourselves like we really don't want to be beholden to any of the big streaming services but like we are available on them if you search us um but if you go to our website artandlaborpodcast.com we have like really extensive show notes mm. for each episode and each episode Ooh. has like you know topics it's 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 not like a super topical show like we'll definitely have really topical episodes mm-hmm. but we, you know, we cover a lot of like um, writing. Like we, like there's, we read Trotsky's uh, for a free and revolutionary art. Um, we read a lot of Hito Strail, um, who's a Marxist art theorist, art and media theorist person. She's great. She's <laughs> a wonderful angel. She's our wonderful mom. Yay. <laughs> uh, Shout out. <laughs> Support us on Drip, and we'll send you a sticker of her face. Yes, we (laughs) make hell yeah, yeah. (laughs) We make shirts and stickers and stuff, and have some bonus uh, premium content on it's d.rip slash art and labor. Um, If you want to support us, that's like our current funding thing. Um, And yeah, just yeah, just look through. I would just recommend people look through our website and just find an episode that's of interest to them. Um, cause we cover a lot of different stuff. We, we've recently been having guests. We didn't always do that. Um, but there's some really good guest episodes. Like we had Matthew Thurber was our first official guest and he wrote this amazing, uh, comic co- called art comic. Um, so good. it's like really funny, um, about, you know, in insider art world drama, but like very fantastical. Very cool. <laughs> That's a great first episode, probably. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations, Lucia? Oh. For first episodes? First episodes. No, just listen to all of them. Listen yeah. to all of them. I was going to gonna say, like, them. come on now. <laughs> yeah. Let's make it happen. Say, you know, if you want to get in touch with a wide variety of arts, uh, we both come from sort of different facets and I think, uh, you know, we try to find where there are connections in in different mediums and try to find um, ways that we can better each other's uh, worlds. Because a lot of the time, um, art is cordoned off by the experience. Like, you go to a zine show, and it's very different from a painting show, and there's just totally different people, and they don't even get to mix or anything. So, just check out all the episodes, because we try to figure out, you know, how to connect, how to make some solidarity along uh, lines that people aren't even aware they've drawn. Honestly, we're interested in bridging the gaps between um, 
art, writing, media, journalism. Yeah. Like these are all fields that are being popular art. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That are like just similarly being exploited and like really like if you talk like to any fellow freelancer, it's like Mm -hmm. it's all really similar shit going on. Yeah. So there's something there for everybody. And if it's not directly related to your uh, interests, then, you know, one of them will be and you'll get to learn about stuff your friends are going through, too. Amazing. Thank you so much. I this was super fun and informative and like it feels good to have like podcast solidarity I really like that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no me too yeah (laughs) that rules like maybe one day we'll have a podcasters union yeah Yeah. (laughs) like actually at in twirlers union (laughs) at a recent DSA meeting that I was at we like people were talking about unions and someone asked um, if anyone knew what like the biggest union in New York was, and someone said podcasters, right. <laughs> starting, it's happening, it's all happening. And actually, the person who said that listens to this. So if you're listening to this episode, hey, what's up? Hey, <laughs> shouts out, shouts out, shout it out. Hey, random person who shouted it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you both so much for taking time on a Saturday morning. Like, it's really really cool that. You took the time to talk to us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank Y'all you. rule. You. Uh, that's our show. Thank you so much to our incredible guests. That was so fun and really interesting. And I'm just really glad that we had the opportunity to speak with them and definitely check out their podcast. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Season of the Bee. You can email us um, at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. And, um, you know, slide us some money on Patreon. Uh, yeah. Think I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I started before I was a host. I started listening to Season of the Bitch and Art and Labor around the same time. So this was like my little podcast combo dream. Yes. That's all. Also, just just I, having a good morning. <laughs> I just want to say that um, I pulled up uh, Lucia's uh, rate rating review from so good from iTunes. So I'm gonna read Can it. Can we read it? Yes. Hell yeah! Yes, as our little closing vibes. Um, beautiful. So thank you again, Lucia, for these beautiful words. Uh, she writes, "Just what I needed." You know when you didn't realize you were hungry, then you eat something and you feel so much better? That's what listening to this is like. Thank you for your voices. This podcast is wonderful and thought-provoking, and I can't wait for more. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Wow. This is literally the cutest thing ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Love it. Ugh. Well, on that note, I love you both. Love you Love so you. Much. Bye. 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 <laughs> Season of the Bitch